all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. In this episode, you will learn three things. How toxic heavy metals block healing, why blood tests for heavy metals are a waste of money, and the right way to detox so you don't get sicker. Join us almost every Thursday on iTunes, Alexa, or your favorite podcast app for the latest episode of Lime Ninja Radio. Here at Lime Ninja Radio, we encourage you to fight Lyme like a ninja and think outside the tick. Lyme disease causes all kinds of secondary problems, and focusing just on killing bugs can lead to diminishing returns. So, if you've ever had the thought that heavy metal toxicity might be blocking your recovery and making you sick, head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and claim your free coupon for the Myers Detox course. Hello, I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 260 with detox expert, Wendy Myers. Also, welcome our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and a great big shout out to all you longtime Lime Ninjas. You are the reason we have more than half a million downloads. McKay and I really appreciate you tuning in. And we'd like to welcome all the new listeners out there. Welcome to Lime Ninja Radio. You are now officially a Lime Ninja. And as you all know, Lyme disease is an international problem. Each week we have listeners join in from all over the world. This week's top 10 cities are... Number 10, Sydney, Australia. Number 9, Coldwater, Michigan. Number 8, Santa Ana, California. Number 7, Lacombe, Canada. Number 6, Ashburn, Virginia. Number 5, Moscow, Russia. Number 4, Denver, Colorado. Number 3, Santiago, Chile. Number 2, Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania. And number one, Paris, France. Ooh la la. <laughs> Do you want to be a guest on Lime Ninja Radio? Head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and fill out the guest suggestion form. And if you like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio, then share this episode on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever your favorite social media platform is. And if you really like what we're doing here, do us a favor, scroll down to the bottom of your podcast app and give us five stars and write a review. Our goal is to get two new reviews each month. And if you really, really like what we're doing and want to help us keep on keeping on, consider sponsoring Lime Ninja Radio for as little as $1 a month. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and click on the sponsor link. Okay, Aurora, tell us a little bit about Wendy Myers. Wendy Myers is a functional diagnostic nutritionist in Los Angeles, California. Wendy's interest in nutrition began with the death of her father from esophageal cancer. She healed her own health issues through hair mineral analysis and developed a unique detox and supplement program. She's passionate about educating the public on the importance of long-term detoxing, considering our toxic world. Awesome. I know all you ninjas are going to learn a lot from Wendy. So let's go. Wendy, hello. This is McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. I'm so excited to have you on my show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're very, very welcome. I want to jump right in because you're an expert in hair mineral analysis. And what can 
that measure? And why should people be thinking about using this as a diagnostic tool? Well, I love hair mineral analysis to assess people's mineral levels and their heavy and toxic metal levels to, uh, you know, find out what toxins they have. You can look at, um, it gives you information about people's stress levels, their, the health of their adrenals and cortisol, aldosterone levels. Uh, there's markers in there of people's TSH thyroid hormone levels. Um, there's a lot of really, really interesting information in uh, in a hair mineral analysis that uh that, that's why I use it it's a great screening tool that's exactly what it is it's a screening tool just like a doctor uses a cbc blood panel and from there then you can do other testing but it's it's easy for people to do in their own home and anyone can do this test as long as they have some hair <laughs> uh, but uh for me it's just the the tool of choice to design detox programs for people, because that's what I do. I specialize in heavy metal detoxification. So what's the difference between measuring the detox in hair tissue versus serum, your blood? Well, the, it's a kind of like comparing apples and oranges. Uh, a hair mineral analysis is superior to blood metals testing because it shows a three-month average of what is excreting into the hair. So the body kind of uses the hair as a trash can. It'll excrete toxins into the hair, which we can see on the hair test. And it's a really good correlation to tissue levels of metals. The problem with metals blood testing, which is what you'll get if you request a heavy metals test from a conventional medical doctor, is that the body doesn't allow metals to just float around in the blood. Um, and certainly the blood can show an acute exposure over the past few weeks or last 30 days. But typically the body is going to then, uh, you know, detect that metal and put it away in fat tissue or in, in other types of tissue in bone, depending on the metal and get it out of circulation. So it's not causing a damage to the vital organs and the brain, et cetera. So blood testing usually results in false negatives where people do have a lot of toxicity, a lot of heavy metals. We all do, but a blood test will show that they don't. So it gives people a false uh, peace of mind. Now, one thing that happens with Lyme patients is their detox pathways get clogged up, basically. And so things like mold toxins, heavy metals start to build up. So somebody will not have a problem before they have Lyme disease. And then somewhere in the course of the disease, all of a sudden, heavy metals show up as, as being a problem. Now, you mentioned like acute exposures. Does, I mean, is that what you see? Do you have to have, I don't know, like, do you have to eat like 10 hundred million pounds of tuna with mercury in it to get heavy metal? Or is it something that just kind of builds up over time? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So on that note, you know, I, in our medical director, Dr. Bruce Jones works with a lot of blind patients and he, in his opinion, you, you have to have detoxification as part of your recovery 
from Lyme because, you know, these, these heavy metals impair your immune system functioning. You know, metals like arsenic and cadmium and lead and mercury impair and impede the immune system functioning and the natural killer T cells and neutrophils and microphages, um, and cause them to not work as well. So, and you need those on board in order to keep Lyme under lock and key to keep it controlled to reduce symptoms. So it's a very important part of Lyme recovery. But where people are getting all these toxins, like, yeah, we have acute exposures. I have some clients that played in coal mines as a child or lived next to a, a toxic waste dump on Long Island or, or whatever. And, uh, or they had a, a well with metals in it that they were drinking and showering from. But, even if you don't have an acute exposure, most people have high levels of toxins in their body from long-term, low-grade chronic exposures in the air, food, and water. So even if you're drinking perfectly filtered water, which most people aren't, they're getting it in their shower water, which is not filtered. Even if you have like a fluoride chlorine filter on your shower, that's not getting all the other stuff, the pharmaceuticals and the heavy metals and and other things that are in the water. And actually the number one toxin in shower water is estrogen and testosterone from medications um, and birth control pills and things like that. I've heard stories that, right, whole town all of a sudden is infertile and then they test the water and find, oh my goodness, we've just been recycling the birth control. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, I love my hormone shower every morning. Yeah, yeah, and then in the food, the food is irrigated, even if it's organic, the food is irrigated with less than desirable water that has contaminants in it. And even organic crops can be fertilized with toxic sludge from water treatment plants. And uh, and then the soils can contain metals that then can be taken up by the food or the tea or the herbs or what have you. Because organic means pesticide and insecticide free. It doesn't mean heavy metal free. So let's, and pause, then, there for, let's pause there for a second. Cause yes. I'm, I'm right near uh, Route 90, the throughway. Mm-hmm. And back and forth from further east, probably Albany, the muck trucks drive by and they <laughs> they are full of muck but they're coming from wastewater treatment plants and they're going out west to what they call muck farms to be mm. put right on there and so i didn't realize that's considered organic waste it is allowed in organic farming yes excellent and that's where yes. that stuff is concentrated or if somebody doesn't want to go through the trouble of taking their medications back home they flush it down the toilet so forth and so on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, and I know this is all very depressing sounding, but this is the reality. I'm not, I'm not here to try to scare people or anything like that. I'm just giving people facts. These are, this is reality and we have to be aware of this and then uh, take measures to deal with it. And so I'm not trying to scare people. It's just a lot of people aren't aware of this. A lot of people like myself, are eating amazing. They're taking unbelievable high-grade expensive supplements. They're exercising. They're sleeping at night. They're meditating. They're getting their sun. They're doing all this stuff. And they still feel like crap. And for me, it was really, really frustrating because I thought, what exactly in the hell do I have to do to feel good when my full-time job 
was taking care of myself. It was my priority. And I still didn't feel well, you know, and I, at 37 years old, I had had a baby and was trying to, and, you know, doing all this stuff to take care of myself and didn't feel good, didn't recognize myself in the mirror and went to my doctor to try to figure out, like, just figure out what's wrong with me. Just do all the tests, just figure it out. And I found out at 37, I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman, which I was thrilled to hear that. And then all the, you know, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, nutrient deficiencies, yada, yada, yada. And, and so that just set me on the path on Dr. Google to figure out what was causing this. Why are my, why are my hormones so low? And what can I do to reverse this? Uh, as opposed to taking hormone replacement therapy, which is what the the doctor recommended. And so Um, what did you personally find? Well, I just found that, you know, all these uh, plastics and xenoestrogens and perfumes and fragrances and all the personal care products and cleansers I was using interfere in the hormones. Then there's uh, heavy metals that are metalloestrogens that act oh, on tell, your... Tell me yeah. about that. That's, that's a new word for me. Yeah, well, they act, uh, there are certain metals like nickel and mercury and other metals that act like estrogens. They bind to estrogen receptor sites, just like xenoestrogenic chemical compounds in BPA, BPA receipts and plastics and, um, you know, perfumes that are made from petroleum. And these are all estrogenic substances that interfere in our hormone production. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So again, super depressing. But, um, you know, that's what I, I, I educate people on myersdetox.com to give them a solution. So we're laying out the problem, we're laying out the reality, but there's lots of things that you can do to prevent toxins uh, coming into your body and then removing the toxins that you currently have in your body. One of the things I encourage people with Lyme disease to do, especially after they've been through kind of normal killing protocols, whether it's antibiotics, if they go that route or herbal protocols and they're still feeling bad, the automatic response is, well, I must still be infected. And then sometimes they'll do some additional testing and it'll come back negative and say, well, it can't be. The test's got to be wrong. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't have the good enough tests now to know, but I encourage them to think outside the tick. And that's why I really wanted you to have on because these toxins are a problem. And again, it's like pre and post Lyme disease. Up to that point, up before you're sick, your body might be dealing with them okay. And maybe there are little signs here and there, but nothing clinically relevant. And then you get hammered with an infection like this and just clobbered and you get exhausted and your body systems run down and your detox pathways, all those multiple pathways start breaking down. And now all of a sudden you have a heavy metal problem or you have a xenoestrogen problem or plastic toxicity or glyphosate, whatever it is out there, the detox hasn't worked and these things have built up to a critical level as if you had an acute exposure. And so that it's so important that as you've been through these multiple killing things and you're still not feeling well, just don't always go back to square one and just do more of it. Like, well, if we do more this time, it'll work. And some doctors are stuck there. Well, you know, you did your 30 days, that doesn't work. We'll do three months. Okay, that didn't work. Let's start doing IV antibiotics. Okay, that didn't work. Let's do pick lines. And now you're clobbering your biome. You're clobbering your mitochondria with another toxin, antibiotics. And if they're working, great. But I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, you know, I'm taking the antibiotic this time and I'm just not feeling any better. Yeah, I I love what you said about thinking outside the tick. That's so awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, because it, it's true. It. <laughs> yeah, it's I've been true. Trademarked and, it yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's it's so true. I mean, when uh, and one part of my what I when I'm working with clients is I do kind of like a pre-tox where we're addressing infections that are stepping up the detox pathways and kind of building this bomb shelter before we drop the bomb on them, which is the all the detox I'm going to steal that one. I love that. Yeah, totally. Build the you shelter have, before you drop the bomb. I haven't yeah. trademarked that either, so you can <laughs> use it. Yeah, so, you know, there is, uh, you know, when I say drop the bomb, meaning taking, you know, chelating suppositories or, you know, uh, detox supplements or natural chelators, synthetic, whatever works for that person, depending on their heavy metal toxicity, um, because there are lots of things that interfere in detox, where if you have Lyme, if you have mold, if you have candida, if you have parasites, which a lot of us do, have lots of little creepy crawlies running around, we have to address that to a certain degree and clear out the detox pathways, the colon and the kidneys and, and things of that nature before we're really prepped for detox. Because the last thing you want to do is if you feel like crap is go detoxing. Um, because that's just going to add fuel to the fire. And so it's kind of like a catch 22. Well, how am I supposed to detox if I feel bad? And you're saying that I need to, to detox. Well, there's lots of things that like we do when we're, uh, me and my, my team of practitioners do when we're working with clients to do like this six month pre-tox which is incredibly important by taking binders to kind of just, it's kind of an indirect detox. We're just kind of cleaning up the gut and the, the bloodstream and, but not, not hard on the system, mineralizing the body, minerals, push metals out of the body, get it working better. We do things like grounding the body. And it's not just like, Hey, go walk around and on the, the sand and swim in the ocean. Uh, there's specific things that we do that are really helpful if you don't live near the sand or the ocean or don't uh, live in a big building and there's no ground around. Um, so we do things to ground the body because that solves a lot of problems uh, that people aren't aware of. EMF protection is great. A lot of, there's a lot of things that we do to prep the body, get people feeling better, uh, you know, give mitochondrial supplements to enhance their mitochondria, improve their energy levels. And then when people feel better and they're kind of stabilized, then we drop the bomb and <laughs> do the detox. So, um, so there's a right way and a wrong way to do detox. And so we have lots of information about all that stuff on uh, Meyer She Talks. What we talked about it obliquely, or you talked about it obliquely. What can go wrong if somebody pushes the front end of detox before taking care of, like you said, the, the pre-tox, getting the pathways working so you actually get rid of it. You are just releasing toxins from your tissues and then just doing more damage. Yeah. Well, at worst case scenario is when people say they go to a functional medical doctor and they do a heavy metals test. They're like, oh my God, I have lead and mercury and nickel and cesium. And then the doctor, uh, many of them that do detox typically do IV chelation where they give you a synthetic amino acid and inject it. And there's no, that's, and that's maybe the only thing that they do. And that is a recipe for disaster. 
especially someone who is ill, because that's very, very, very hard on the kidneys. IV chelation is something you never want to do if you have any uh, kidney, if your kidneys are compromised in any way. And again, it's like, uh, you know, adding fuel to the fire. You're probably, if you're not feeling well and you're fatigued, you're probably not ready for your body to then have to deal and excrete all this stuff, which it probably doesn't have the minerals or vitamin C or lipoic acid or glutathione to be able to do that to, you know, escort these toxins out of the body and people can get kidney damage, uh, from this. And so that's, that's not where you start that. And it, it, IV chelation has its place for life threatening metal toxicities. Great. Love it for, for that. But for most people, we need to start much slower, build the body up, um, and then start with natural, gentle things before we are going and graduating to IV chelation. So you have to be very, very careful if you are had metal tests or you have a doctor that suggested IV chelation. That's the only thing they do. Run for the hills. That's so, that's so interesting that what you, bring up the difference between medicine designed for acute exposure as a life-saving intervention. Like if we don't do this, you will die. And I, that you mentioned that I started, my mind starts, you know, kind of clicking through things. You know, I think a lot of the treatments out there are started on that end and aren't really appropriate for somebody who is immunocompromised or very, very weak, or the mitochondria just isn't working anymore. And it doesn't translate well. I mean, there's a story I heard just a couple months ago about uh, somebody with severe Lyme disease, severe anemia, and the doctor gives IV iron and puts the patient in the ER and just a couple minutes from dying. And so they, they chelated the iron out and saved the person's life. But, you know, it's like you have to be able to think like you're saying. Bob Miller says 3D chess game played underwater, but it's so important to go slow to understand the entire sequence and what the entire body's doing and not just, okay, we're going to bind it up and we're just going to assume your body's strong enough to deal with it now that we've bound it to an yeah. amino acid. Or yeah, because people – Yes. Yeah. Because when people think of detoxification, most people are thinking about like, oh, let's go in and let's rip out the metals and they're in there. I got to get them out. But the body doesn't work that way. The body is very innately intelligent. And so you have to kind of coax the metals out. Uh, number one, you have to ground the body, get it working better. We are electrical beings. We have to have a negative charge. The body won't work very well. So that's step one. Step two, you got to mineralize the body. That takes time. That doesn't happen overnight. You need magnesium. You need zinc. You need potassium. You need selenium. You need all the trace minerals. And there's good and bad products to accomplish that. And, um, and then you also, um, have to have like proper nutrition and they have the right supplements and, um, different supplements work better for different people. So there's, uh, it's really helpful to work with a practitioner that can make all these distinctions that it can take a lay person a long time to, to, you know, get above that learning curve, uh, to learn all this stuff. So, um, and then people have to mineralize. And then when they're kind of feeling a little better, um, then they can take certain supplements that are designed to remove the specific metals that they have. Because a lot of times 
doctors will give like, oh, let's just give them DMSA or let's give them EDTA or just give them whatever supplement they use. But it's more helpful to kind of have the sniper approach to supplementation where people do heavy metals testing. The ninja approach. Yes, the ninja approach. Yeah, like so, it's better to do testing. See, uh, based on hair mineral analysis, urine and or stool metals tests, which we all do here at Myers Detox. And in an ideal world, it's it's best to do all three tests because some metals come out in the hair, some the urine, and some the stool. There's no perfect metals test. Um, So based on testing. You'll know what metals you have, what it, there'll be a light bulb comes on like, oh, these are causing all my weird symptoms like my chronic cough or my dizziness or my whatever that uh, people haven't been able to figure out up to to now. Um, So learning what metals you have is uh, an incredibly enlightening education. And then based upon that, you can take the specific metals to remove or this, the specific supplements to remove the metals that you have. Each metal has a little group of supplements that effectively remove them. So it's kind of like the sniper approach to supplementation and detoxification, as opposed to the shotgun approach. Where like, let's try this and hope it works. Now I'm in New York and New York has its own unique challenges in terms of getting testing done. Do you have workarounds for people in states like mine that are special? Yes, uh, we do. We just do the test anyways. <laughs> uh, we just <laughs> do, do. I need to delete that out there? <laughs> no, um, we service everyone uh, anywhere in the world. Let's just put it that way. Okay, that's good. Or you can just drive across the border to New Jersey and mail yeah, it from there. No, you have to drive, and then you have to certify. <laughs> yes, I cut my hair across the state line and mailed it across the state line. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. Let's put it yeah. that way. I used to, so it's, and I want to bring some of these up. When I was down in Maryland, I began to dabble in hair mineral analysis and was really fascinated about it. And this is going on a few, a few years ago now. So close to 30 years ago. And so what you're talking about, the, how far it's come, because at that point, they're dealing with some mineral balance. They could tell if there was some excess or deficient minerals, right? And then the heavy metals, but you're talking about hormone function as well a while ago and what else We've yeah so i actually function it's kind yeah. of amazing how far it's come yeah well we have we do specific things um you know with interpreting hair mineral analysis that's exclusive to myers detox our medical director dr bruce jones has been a medical doctor for 35 years and he has uh and he was very heavy metal toxic and had to uh you know leave his practice and became fascinated with studying heavy metal toxicity and correlating all his past patients health issues and their medical tests with heavy metal toxicity. So he's done extensive testing with hair, urine, and stool, and uh, blood markers of, and saliva testing for cortisol and aldosterone, et cetera, and done extensive analysis on correlating uh, different markers and um, health markers to the hair mineral analysis. And um, so that's something that only we do here at Myers Detox. Plus, he's gone deeper on assessing the hair mineral analysis where we can see metals that aren't, um, you know, clearly uh, high on the hair mineral analysis. So we can analyze it in a way and see like hidden metal toxicities that aren't, you know, directly seen on the test. So can I train with you 
learn this? Yes, you can. We actually have courses written for my upcoming Detox Institute, which yeah. I just don't have time to launch it. Um, but we have actually... <laughs> just press <cool>. send. <laughs> yeah, it's like all done. Um, but we we have tests. I'm actually training a group of practitioners right now on how to read hair mineral analysis and how to interpret it. And, so, and it's all science-based. It's all research-based. Whereas a lot of hair mineral analysis, um, you know, uh, information on the internet kind of discredits it because there's never been any kind of uh, way or um, anyone that's done the work to scientifically validate the claims that may have been uh, maybe make it made to read hair mineral analysis or as a basis to use hair mineral analysis in clinical practice. So that's what me and Dr. Bruce Jones are aiming to change. So that'll be unleashed soon. I have no idea when, though. <laughs> All right. I'll be looking for that. So, and, and that's one of those amazing things is the, the clinicians are too busy helping people to do the research. Yeah. And the researchers, there's no money behind it. So unless there's a personal passion, they're not interested in doing any of the research. And so it just drops through the middle. So the clinicians say, well, this is really relevant. It helps me a ton. And the scientists say, well, it's not validated. So you're just, you know, might as well be shaking chicken feathers at people. Yeah. And that this is Dr. Bruce Jones's passion. Uh, he's getting no money for this. He's just, uh, he's done all these statistical analyses uh, with, he's going to, he's trying to get published right now with his girlfriend, who's a naturopathic doctor as well. And so they're just fascinated by this and, and love hair mental analysis like I do. So I, I can't wait for this to, to come out. But you know, a hair mental analysis, like I said, is the first test. But we I like in an ideal world when I'm working with clients to also do urine testing, and stool metals testing as well, because it really gives the complete picture. And so you're looking for the metals in this in the urine as well. And the stool, yes. Okay, uh-huh. so because you're doing the three screening. Yeah, because there's some metals. Yeah, if you only do urine, there's some metals you're going to miss because they only come out in the hair. Um, and vice versa. We only really see cadmium in the stool. And cadmium is really important to discover because it causes more cancers than all of the other metals combined. So, and that rarely is seen on a hair mineral analysis. And someone, unless someone's smoking marijuana like a chimney, um, we are like my ex personal trainer. <laughs> His cadmium levels were so I, he quit smoking marijuana after that. But, um, but yeah. So, and let's pause there for a second because you know, that's kind of been <laughs> the news and everybody's like, yeah, let's all get happy or pain free or take care yeah, of our anxiety. Marijuana. Where does the cadmium come from in marijuana? Well, it's, it's like a lot of plants. Um, marijuana is very adept and that's why it's such an amazing plan. It extracts all these amazing compounds from the soil, Including, but one of them is cadmium. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And so same with tobacco. Tobacco is very high in cadmium. It's naturally occurring and that's why cigarettes cause cancer. That's why my father died of cancer from smoking for 40 years and uh, he earned it though he smoked for uh, four decades, but the cadmium is what gets people. I mean, there's 4,000 compounds in cigarettes that are naturally occurring and added, but the, the cadmium is what, what gets people. Mm-hmm. Now, can we pause there? Because I have a patient that comes to mind when you're talking about that. Are there any other symptoms for cadmium besides the cancer? 
Yeah, chronic cough. So the, a chronic low-grade non-productive cough is a sign of, of cadmium toxicity. Um, off the, the top of my head, I can't remember, but I have an article on my site. It's the Toxic Metals Sources and Symptoms Guide. I've worked on that for about 10 years whenever I'm researching or find a little treasure trove of symptoms or sources. I add it to that article. So that's a, you can look up any metal and it's got all the, the main sources and symptoms as well. And you can do a search. You can do command F and do a search for your little symptom you're looking for and find which metals cause that. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I also want to circle back because you talked a little bit about mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a mitochondrial summit going on right now. Are you in that? You're in I some am Wendy in summits. that, yes. Wow, yes. let's plug you. So go yeah. see Wendy in the mitochondrial summit. It's free. So I'm in all the summits. Are you? Okay. <laughs> I haven't been invited yet. It's one of my goals. So one day they'll get invited. Yes. Anyway. Well, yeah, I, the mitochondrial summit, I talked about heavy metals that cause fatigue. And this is a, a big passion of mine because the biggest roadblock to many people getting better and getting well and even detoxing is energy. They just, they don't have the energy to get well. And so, and this was my, and this is everyone's biggest complaint. They're just, I'm tired. You know, even if they're not chronically fatigued, who doesn't want more energy? And so I talk a lot about, yeah, I talk a lot about different ways to accomplish that. And uh, one of them, of course, is detoxification because there are certain metals that impede mitochondria functioning and our mitochondria are our little cells powerhouses that make our energy or ATP currency, energy currency of the cells. And there's metals like arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, and cesium, uh, mercury and lead also. Uh, these all, to a certain degree, poison enzymes that transport nutrients into the mitochondria. Things like tin will dispel the charge on the outside of the mitochondria, handicapping it so it doesn't work properly. And so it's really key if you are chronically fatigued, you've got to get these metals uh, out of your body or lower the levels because there are, no matter how many mitochondria supplements you take, those are going to have a problem entering the cells in the mitochondria to even work because the enzymes transporting those nutrients in are being poisoned by the heavy metals. That's why heavy metals are a problem. They poison all these enzymes and throw a wrench in all these different metabolic processes in the body, every conceivable metabolic process, not just energy production. I was looking at a paper recently and just kind of tr- trying to track down different toxins affecting blood pressure specifically. And there's one fascinating paper, and I apologize, I don't have it at the tip of my fingers who the authors were or the journal or anything, but the bottom line was they fed rats tiny, tiny bit of aluminum, just what they estimated our normal intake is. So just, you know, with your aluminum pots or aluminum cans or wherever, you know, you're under uh, your deodorant. Uh, so not heavy amounts, not a, again, a, a toxic, what you would consider a toxic load where you're going to kill anything, just this tiny, tiny amount. And it was enough to disrupt uh, blood pressure and begin to raise it. So again, we're, t- we're not talking about 
going out there and, you know, eating contaminated fish seven days a week. You hear these, you know, stories where somebody went on a fish eating kick and started to eat tuna fish. And then a month later, they had all the signs of mercury poisoning. We're not talking about that kind of acute, massive overdose or somebody in an industrial accident or, you know, they're on the golf course all the time or they're working around pesticides. This is just normal, very, very low level. And this stuff is everywhere. Like you said, it's in the water. It's in the food. There's no getting away from it. I mean, they, again, so back to the, the BPA and you probably know this. There was a test, uh, CDC about 15 years ago measured everybody's urine. 93% of us have BPA in our urine and the other 7%, I bet are compromised and can't excrete it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's getting stuck in the tissue. Exactly. It's probably that they're not free of it. It's just it's stuck in their tissues and can't yeah. get out. So this stuff is is everywhere, everywhere. It's everywhere. It, it's scary. And everyone has glyphosate. You know, there's studies that have been done that, you know, the majority of people have glyphosate. And, but there's so many other toxins that we're not even testing. There's just a handful of things that are being alerted to the public, like, oh my God, there's lead in the water and there's mercury, but most people, no one's heard of thallium. Everyone I test has thallium and cesium. What the heck are those? Thallium is naturally occurring in petroleum deposits. So all the car exhaust, all the manufacturing, it's getting into people's bodies. They're breathing it in, in the air, and it causes chronic fatigue, digestive issues, brain functioning issues, and so many different problems. Cesium is a byproduct of nuclear fallout, of nuclear accidents, nuclear testing, accidents like Fukushima, like Chernobyl. All my clients have cesium. And this is causing chronic fatigue and mitochondrial disruption as well, among other problems. So, you know, people need to wake up and pay attention to this. It is, it has to, detox has to be a part of people's health regimens in order for them to reach their health goals and feel how they want to feel. Because just doing diet, exercise, supplements, sleep, meditation, uh, getting in the sun a little bit, it's not enough. Um, and I think most people listening are doing all, all that stuff and above if they're interested in health. And uh, the reason it's not working is because they're missing that detox component. Right. And just to reiterate what what you're saying is so we can cruise through life and be exposed to all this and our detox pathways if they're working well we're we're treading water it's not like we're gaining ground we're never pure but we're we're treading water and we're maybe handling it or maybe just having minor things that show up when we're 80 it's like why all of a sudden you get dementia when you're 85 or why all of a sudden when you were 70 did your heart blood pressure go up, you know, all these kind of mystery things that, that tend to these chronic illnesses, metabolic type things. And then the question is, does something happen, whether your exposure changes or your health status changes, where you start getting behind the eight ball? And it just either happens all of a sudden when things are like with Lyme disease, or it can gradually over the years, like just your, I mean, as we age, our enzymes become less efficient. Our bodies less makes less of them in general, no matter what the enzyme is. So now you have poisoned enzymes and now you have weak enzymes. And then all of a sudden you're not detoxing like you used to when you were 25 and it just catches up with you. Now you've developed an online tool, a questionnaire kind of first pass to give people an idea of whether or not this would be something that they should look at more. So tell us about that. 
Yes. Well, you know, everyone listening has probably, probably piqued their interest about their toxin levels. So I created a very simple quiz. Uh, if some people, don't, they don't have funding to do testing or they're not ready to do that right now, they can take this really simple quiz. And it's a quiz that I developed to deduce your relative exposure and potential body levels of toxins at heavymetalsquiz.com. You can take that and afterwards you get a free video series that talks about the next steps, like the importance of detox, what, you know, what testing you can do, just kind of the next steps where you should start uh, on your detox journey. Cause a lot of people kind of are, you know, thinking like, where do I start or what do I take or where, where do I begin here to accomplish detoxing my body? So you'll get all the answers you need after you take that quiz. That's awesome. So again, that's detox quiz yeah heavy heavy yes, metal oh, heavy yeah. metals quiz.com i should have written that down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heavy metals quiz.com yeah and your main site is myers detox yes myers detox.com but go yeah, any way you spell it it will show up oh so. you even got the wrong spelling in there yeah, so I even have the wrong spelling because, well, my name is M-Y-E-R-S, but a lot of people spell it M-E-Y-E-R-S. So either spelling, you'll find me. That's <laughs> awesome. But go take yeah. the quiz. Start there. That'll get yeah. you started. And then I do have quite a few practitioners to listen to that. And yes. so where can they get on a notification email list about your programs or the, the, the upcoming uh, training certification that you talked about? Yes. So if you go on MyersDetox.com, any of the free e-guides are available on the side or the newsletter uh, sign up on the sidebar of the site that you, they can sign up there. It's probably not happening until late 2020. We're hoping we've been working on it for about four years at this point. <laughs> so hopefully at some point we're going to launch it. Um, but yeah, it'll be, but even just listening to the podcast, we have over 300 podcasts and Hundreds of articles. It's a wealth of education on heavy metal toxicity and, and chemicals too. Yeah, that's awesome. Wendy, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I have a question for you. Okay. Wendy talked about how heavy metals uh, impacted how the cells communicated with each other by blocking those enzymes, right? Yes. So how does nitric oxide get Im impacted by heavy metals or affected by heavy metals? I'm so glad you asked because <laughs> now we get to I thought you might be able to say that. <laughs> out a little bit. Well, I don't know if each heavy metal has been studied, but what I do know is the toxins that I found papers on, they all activate a common pathway. And it begins with the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone pathway. So these are all signaling uh, molecules in the body. And when there's a toxin in the body, it, it gets activated as a, as the stress response, right? So al at the tail end of this, aldosterone tells the kidneys to hold on to salt and retain fluid. So it's meant to be used when the body's losing blood, when, you know, that's kind of a stressful situation or to get ready for basically fight or flight kind of activity there. However, what happens is that these toxins activate the same pathway. The other thing that happens with angiotensin, it causes what's known as NOS uncoupling. So nitric oxide synthase uncoupling. And what, when that happens, 
nitric oxide instead of the, uh, the synthases, the enzymes, instead of producing nitric oxide, they, they produce superoxide. So now superoxide and nitric oxide are designed to work together to make something very nasty called peroxynitrite. Peroxynitrite is mostly used by the body when it's trying to fight off an infection. So it's this really nasty chemical. It really takes two parts. It's like those two-part epoxy glues, right? Each two by itself isn't too dangerous, but when you put them together, it's you got to be careful because it'll stick everything together. So you've got this these two things going on. You've got increased blood pressure because you've got this aldosterone affecting the kidneys and you're retaining salt and you're retaining liquids, fluid, right? And that's why the doctors give water pills for high blood pressure. And that's why they give uh, angiotensin II blockers, right? Like lisinopril. And then you also have this uncoupling of the NOS enzyme. So the body starts acting as if it had an infection and starts destroying whatever's around this uncoupled NOS. So a lot of the uncoupling can happen in the endothelium of the blood vessels. So you get literal damage to the blood vessels. So this is how inflammation starts to eat holes and destroy the lining of their blood vessels. Then the cholesterol comes along helping to repair it. And that's where you start getting plaques and foam cells and all kinds of things like that. So, right, that's a long, long explanation. But basically, these metals cause type 2 diabetes, weight gain, high blood pressure, and eventually hardening of the arteries. And eventually, even beyond that, they can cause heart attacks. So this is how these heavy metals directly affect all these different things. So these are the diseases of the modern day, right? What's plaguing us? Is it any doubt that these metals that are floating around in our bodies not being cleared out properly are causing problems? Now, put on top of that, the problems of Lyme disease and the impact that has on your detoxification pathways. And you can just multiply this by a factor of who knows, 10, 100, whatever. You can see why some people are really really suffering yeah if you've got this inflammation not only from the disease but also from the heavy metals as well it's just a one two punch yes do you have feedback suggestion for guests really anything send an email to feedback at lime and if you're still listening you're either a glutton for punishment or you like what we're doing here at lime ninja radio Either way, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you really like what we're doing, do us a favor and scroll down to the bottom of your podcast app and leave us a review like TBD Warrior did. Yes, thank you, TBD Warrior. We've got one this month. We need one more. We have a goal of two a month. One to go. Maybe that's you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Scroll down now. But if you really, really like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio and want to help us keep on keeping on, consider sponsoring Lime Ninja Radio for as little as $1 a month. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and click on the sponsor link. And last, as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, this podcast would not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you know ninjas don't get frostbite? Ninjas bite frost. Lime 
Blind Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.